Welcome to the LeedsCon Industry Insider Podcast, where we explore all aspects of today's lead gen industry. From customer engagement and acquisition to lead conversion and sales, we connect with key thought leaders on measurable marketing, consumer behavior, and privacy, plus all the new technologies and trends that shape the industry. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the LeedsCon Industry Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Warren Pickett, Content Director for LeedsCon. And as always, it's great to have you with us. Thanks for joining today. We're going to be talking a little bit about content and content marketing as it applies to lead generation. Uh, Before we jump into that, I want to let everybody know that we're very excited to be launching and soon promoting the LeedsCon 2020 virtual event which will be September 30th through October 2nd, and that will be online only. Uh, We hope that you will be able to come join us, check that out, uh, and look for more details coming here in the next week. Uh, We'll be pushing that out, and and, uh, we've got great content lined up. We've got a a virtual expo hall and lots of ways to engage and uh, network with people in the event, so we're very excited about it. I'm pleased to have with us today uh, a speaker from the event. Uh, Samantha Kermode is Director of Strategic Development from Investus Digital. Hi, Samantha. Hey, Warren. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's great to have you here. Samantha is going to be speaking on content marketing at the LeedsCon virtual event. Um, And we've invited her today to just spend a few minutes with us talking about content marketing for performance marketers and why it's still so vital to your marketing campaigns, to your marketing efforts. Obviously, there's a lot that happens around content marketing. It's a way for you to engage the audience, to further your leads with lead nurturing. It's a way to educate potential customers and consumers, but more importantly, also be very searchable for the content that you're producing so that you know those customers and, and consumers can find you to begin with. So, Samantha, it is great to to spend some time with you talking about this. And I know that, you know, obviously different types of content will produce different kinds of leads. And there's a lot of ways to produce content these days. You know, everything from SMS texting at the very basic all the way to video production, uh, email marketing, blog postings, lots of different ways to get content out there. But maybe we can start by talking a little bit about you know, as a marketer, how do you know which content you should focus on to get the greatest return for your effort? Oh, yeah. Well, that's a loaded question, Warren, as you know. (laughs) You're opening up a can of worms here. But um, I will say that everyone's situation is a little different, obviously. But if you're looking at increasing your end conversion right now, so those sales, um, whether it's e-commerce or a form fill to contact a sales representative, I'd suggest focusing first and foremost on that decision stage content. Um, So really honing in on your product service pages, uh, possibly case studies, testimonials, reviews, demos. Um, If your audience, if you understand your audiences truly, right, you're going to understand then those motivators that's going to help push them over the edge to, to want to convert. But let's not forget that it usually takes more than one one touch point to get to that end sale. So, you know, a lot of times we're looking at this end decision stage content and and hoping for the world, but what else helps attribute to that sale? We can actually back it out a bit and start to focus next on consideration stage content. 
So again, that might differ based on your own customer journey and how long your sales cycles typically might be. But at this stage, we know our customers and consumers have identified their pain point and their need for a solution. So they are going to search, they're considering options, um, they're typing in their questions. And at this point, if you're following true content marketing, right, you're not just promoting sales branded messaging and materials, you're actually hoping to be helpful and insightful. So we can look at things like guides, infographics, articles, Um, a big one, right? If we're, we're hopping on trends here, a big one would be webinars, right? But it all relates back to doing it appropriately to having the right topics, anything that's going to position you as a thought leader and build up engagement before somebody actually chooses to buy from you would, would be that second step there as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, You know, I'm sure you probably work with both B2B and B2C customers uh, developing content. And obviously, there are some pretty sizable and significant differences, you know, as far as the lead cycle goes and, and the way that they try to get that lead to convert ultimately in the end. And there are a lot of steps in developing content. Once you know what type of, of content you should be focused on, you know, then it's a matter of identifying, you know, do you develop that in-house? Do you use uh, a partner to help you with that? Do you, you know, create a, a content schedule, a, a calendar, but also the, the content ideation? And I know that's key to whatever type of product you're trying to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you discover what your audience really wants to see or hear? How do you know what they're tapped into? Great question. And I want, I want marketers to get away from the idea of like driving home in their car one day or listening to the CEO and just thinking of these random ideas in the shower or whatever comes to mind. Right. Uh, some of that might be useful, right? Um, but oftentimes it, there needs to be more thorough research put behind what our blog or what our research center, uh, resource center is saying online. So you cannot develop content without first understanding who your audience members are. And then from there, it doesn't stop there. It's not just who are these individuals. It's, it's truly understanding their unique customer journey with you. So what are all the steps that they take in order to make that end decision? And hopefully that is with your company. It can, it can happen with a competitor as well. So when we're talking about content ideation, um, typically I'm, I'm on the road, you know, talking about content marketing, how to amplify your messages. I teach whole half day workshops on this, right? So you can imagine four hours of content just on how to ideate um, your content ideas. I would say first and foremost, start with your sales team and customer service. That is what we tell everybody because truly, right, you guys know your business best. Those sales representatives talk to your customers every single day. They hear the pain points. They know what these people are facing. And they also know who the influencers are within these organizations that can maybe help um, shed light on what the decision makers are doing and vice versa. Um, So first and foremost, sales team or customer service reps, go and interview your internal team. And then after that, there's a bunch of tools out there. I mean, uh, you could go to Google Autocomplete. So that is simply just going to the search engine and starting to type in a couple questions around your topics or keywords. And it'll start to autocomplete common phrases that are searched. Um, if you type in a couple of those common phrases, if, if others are not directly relating to the question asked um, or using as their title the actual question, there might be an opportunity to rank there, right? Or, or improve what content is showing up for, for said search. Um, so gauge where ads are too on some of those pages. If somebody is 
advertising on a, on a keyword phrase, you know that there's probably search volume behind that and, and some level of importance. Um, so maybe write some organic content around that. And then, of course, there's, there's uh, more commonly used keyword tools like Moz or answerthepublic.com, which is great. It'll start to brainstorm a lot of these questions and um, uh, common phrases around your topics as well. But remember, it all relates back to that customer journey and what stage your audience members are actually in. So not everybody is ready to hear about your products, details, and, and, and specs just yet. You can't expect somebody to want to get married on that first date. So you yep. truly have to be creating content and ideating content that it meets every stage of that customer journey. Those are all great suggestions. Um, Samantha, I'm glad that you, you kind of tackled it in, in you know, just different ways to look at it through search, through, you know, solving somebody's problems, but also, uh, you know, just giving them the right content for where they're at in that buying, buying process. So mm -hmm. great, great insights. Let's talk a little bit about tone. Obviously, a lot of content does tend to be around how do I solve my customers problems? Where are their pain points? How do I give them answers that they may be looking for through search queries? But when or if you should ever use humor to endear your brand and, and kind of build that brand loyalty? Or should you really just be focusing on what your customers want to hear and what solutions they're looking for? I am so glad you asked, Warren, because I mean, there, there is an appropriate way to do this, right? Not everybody has to be um, boring and dry. <laughs> Creativity is great. Uh, your company should definitely own its personality. Right. However, I would say to be mindful of how your customers are going to find you. So the reminder here is that if you do have the means to have a big mass media push and awareness campaign, or you have money for an ad budget, right? You can have maybe content or ads that are funny and inspiring and more at that awareness stage level. But otherwise, if you're not a big household name brand already, or you're not a thought leader whose website people are turning to for answers, that means you do need to focus a little bit more on the searchability of your content. So making sure you do have those strong headlines that are answering people's questions and you're using your keyword research and tags appropriately so that the search engines are going to find you at the right times. So I, I have a couple of examples to go into exactly what I'm referring to here. So theonion.com, great satirical news source. If, if you haven't been to their site, it's, you'll get a good laugh today. Right. Um, theonion.com, people are going to that website already because they know that they've got great content, right? It's a well-known name, pretty well-known at least, right? Uh, they can get away then with clickbait journalistic headlines. They're a news outlet. So right now today on their front page, I, I looked up and they've got an article titled, Years of Therapy Give Girlfriend Unfair Advantage and Fight. <laughs> Nobody's actually searching for that. So right. they can get away with it because they have that audience already on their website. But if you don't yet have that audience um, or you don't have money for an ad budget to be pushing your content out there, um, I, I would focus on, on other ways of using humor and comedy maybe within your brand. So we've worked with a outdoor adventure company before and their CEO had a great sense of humor, right? But it was a more regional, localized company. Um, they had a lot of content and articles about, you know, seven things to know before you're hiking, yada, yada cliffs, um, what to think about when you're backpacking or how to pitch a tent, Right. 
So one specific example, they had an article around when is the Grand Canyon beautification project going to be done? So their title was actually relating to things that people were actually searching for um, within Arizona, where we're based. But the picture that they had that correlated with that article was a picture of the Grand Canyon trails with a bunch of lawn ornaments and shrubs molded into animals <laughs> ordaining the trails, right? So that's not actually what's happening with the right. project. However, they added a bit of humor in there in the picture yep. and their tone within their writing, even though they had the correct headlines and the correct um, titles and topics that people wanted to hear about, their writing was also um, a little bit humorous and, and on the edge of um, joking, right? I mean, they, they were serious about like the safety guidelines of, of hiking and everything, but they had a sense of humor. So there, I think there's a right way to do it. And hopefully that example sheds some light on it. But just remember, you know, you have to think about how your audience is going to find you. Yeah, absolutely. Switch over quickly, talk a little bit about measuring you know, as you're trying to amplify your content, as you're trying to get more uh, people to to view you as a thought leader, as a resource, you know, how should you be kind of measuring what were the, the metrics that you should be gauging your, your content against? There's a couple. Um, I think for many, maybe time on site might come to mind mm -hmm. uh, first and foremost, but I think that is such a vague metric. And I think our data analysts on our team over at Investus Digital would agree. Um, unless you're heat mapping your pages, you don't truly know still what people might be reading or what they're missing as your main points on the page. Um, so I'd suggest to look also to user flow as a metric. So how people are clicking through your pages. Um, do you have the right calls to action to point them to the next appropriate piece of content, right? So following that customer journey creating that online funnel. Um, most popular pages found or viewed is going to start to help you inform you of like what content topics are performing best. And in this, you can actually start to ebb and flow with on a quarterly basis, right? So updating your content calendars to what's actually working well. Um, and then lastly, things like engagement and downloads. So you want people to enter that database so that you can start to utilize things like email marketing and lead nurture properly. I mean, that should be that end goal. That is how you're going to help enhance your, your conversion rates on the back half um, as people enter your database. But that means then that you need to be tracking what's working well for downloads or signups for maybe like a webinar or newsletter. What does that look like and how you can optimize those, those pages um, for the best engagement metrics as well? Gotcha. Great, great suggestions there. One last question for you, Samantha. We touched on this a little bit earlier when we were talking about, you know, how do you know what your audience wants to see or hear, but any tips or best practices that you have when you're thinking about building buyer personas and understanding who your customer is? Yeah, if you're just starting out and you don't have the means to go invest in in-depth audience research, I'd suggest starting with your teams again. Sales knows your ideal decision makers as well as the influencers, and they know those pain points and motivators. Um, and so audience personas, right? Let me take a step back. They should be including more than just a job title, a company, and a region. You really need to know what sparks these people and what content formats they prefer. So some of that you might be able to pick up from what your competitors are also investing in currently. But again, you should, you should be relating all of this back to your own measurement of your content and, and react to what is working best. So audience information from your analytics is key. And if you're doing anything to kick, 
to kick off your own campaigns, it's use your first party data first, right? If you don't have the means to go out and invest in all of these other channels to gain this audience research, your first party data is going to work for you. And then you can pivot based on the own, your own trends that you're seeing. That's great. Samantha, obviously, there is a, a plethora, uh, you know, a real wealth of, of things that you could just dive into when it comes to content marketing. As you said, you know, even doing a, a four hour workshop just on ideation alone, <laughs> um, <laughs> there's just so much more we could get into. Um, I'm really excited to uh, tune into your session that's going to be at the LeedsCon virtual event uh, again, September 30th through October 2nd. So thank you, Samantha, for being available for that. We're we're excited to have you, and uh, we hope everybody can tune into that. Um, again, Samantha is a great resource. She and her team at Investus Digital do this day in and day out, and they really know their stuff extremely well. So Samantha, thanks for being here today. Thank you so much. I am excited to speak um, to everybody again and really get into auditing your content and finding out what your unique priorities should be. Absolutely. Well, to our listeners today, thanks so much for tuning in. We are very excited to uh, continue the podcast series. Uh, again, we're moving into the fall. We've got virtual events coming up with LeedsCon Virtual at the end of September. And then we will also be doing our Connect to Convert virtual event, which will be October 27th and 28th. So look for more details to come. Uh, we'll continue to be doing webinars and other content as well. So keep checking back and tuning in. And we hope you're all staying safe and, and being well. We will talk to you soon. And, and thanks again. Take care. Thanks for tuning into this episode of LeedsCon's Industry Insider Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for the latest news, insights, and the best takeaways you need to drive your performance marketing to the next level.